0: Hey, welcome back. BetMGM Tonight continues. It's Rob Brown and Ryan Horvath holding it down tonight on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app. Check out the podcast, BetMGM Tonight, wherever you find your podcast. Like, subscribe, review, rate, all that fun stuff. Trista and Nick with the week off. So, Rob, we're going to talk a little bit about the NFC South. Uh, I've been trying to make the case for Atlanta on this show. My guy, PJ Glasser, who was doing the show with me last week, he's making the case for Carolina. But thats he's a big Bryce Young guy. I get it he's an Alabama fan. I'm a big Bryce guy too. I think he's going to be the real deal. I keep comparing him. I keep calling him I think he's going to be like the Steph Curry of the NFL. He may change the way that the position is played. I know everybody's worried about how tall he is, how skinny he is, but especially if he takes uh if he gets out of balance, man, and if he learns how to slide, I think he'll be just fine really quick before we get to that though. John Morosi, uh MLB Network, he tweets sources orioles and the diamondbacks among teams inquiring with the angels about shohei otani's trade availability both clubs interest has been described as due diligence both teams have the young talent base uh conducive to making a trade any chance that a team like arizona or baltimore actually makes this move for shohei knowing most likely it's going to be a rental man i love what the o's and the and what the d-backs are doing but i just don't know that he signs long term because that's the difference like trading for juan soto was a no-brainer for the padres you had control you have no control over Otani and he's going to test free agency. He's already said that.
1: Yeah, it's 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 real interesting because there's two angles that you got to look at it for. The first is the price you've got to pay to get him out of LA and the second is the price you've got to pay if you're going to keep him around which both of those are going to be record-setting, right? Like, Decker and I have both said a number of times, we don't know what a trade package for Shohei Otani looks like. We know what a trade package for a Cy Young Award candidate looks like at this point in the season. We know what a trade package for a potential home run leader looks like at this point in the season. We don't know what a trade package for both of those players looks like, and we definitely don't know what a trade package looks like when both of those players are the same guy. So we can't know that, and... These are two teams, I talked about those teams earlier, that have kind of adopted this new age methodology of basically building your own team from a system. You're going to have to wipe out your farm system to get this guy and then sign him to what I think will be a plus 600 million contract in order to keep him, which is not the Baltimore way. It's not the Arizona way. As frustrating as it is, For those of us who really like to dislike big market teams, that's me. Yeah, That's the type of move that a Yankees make, that a Dodgers make. And I'll tell you why I think it is the Dodgers. The Dodgers of all the teams that we mentioned that are willing to do a $600 million contract have the best farm system right now. They've got the most depth in a farm system. The Dodgers have it the Yankees don't have what the Dodgers have, the Mets don't have what the Dodgers have, even if they're willing to spend that $600 million. So you got two different pieces to that puzzle. And really, in my opinion, the only team with the exception of San Diego, and that's a different story because A.J. Preller is fighting for his life right now as the GM. The only team that really fits both of those puzzle pieces, I think, unfortunately, is the LA Dodgers. And if Shohei's all in on, I want to be on a winner, I want to play for a competitor, who else but the Dodgers, right?
0: Yep, and that's the same thing that I've been saying, man. He doesn't have to leave Los Angeles. It's a huge market. Anybody would want to be a Dodger. And the other thing is, is, is like what you just said right there, is they have the number two farm system in all baseball, the best farm system for any of these teams that are actually going to be in contention to trade for Shohei Otani, And they'll be able to pay him whatever he wants. And the other thing is, For their standards, they've been really quiet the last couple off-seasons, really this off-season especially. You know what I mean? Like, I thought maybe the sleeper team, and we and Cody were talking about this. I'm sure you guys have talked about this as well on Saturdays. Maybe the San Francisco Giants, who went all in for Aaron Judge, they were going to spend the money. Maybe they could be, like, that sleeper team. But I think ultimately, man, it's Los Angeles. Um but we'll see when it happens. Let's switch gears really quick. We'll get back to baseball a little bit later on. Let's talk a little bit about the NFC South, man, because last Thursday I was trying to make the case for Atlanta, and I was going back and forth on this division. You look at the prices, New Orleans, plus 125, Atlanta, plus 220, Carolina, you're getting better than 3-1 to odds, plus 350 right now, and then Tampa Bay, nobody wants to touch. It's Baker Mayfield, Kyle Trask, and a rebuilding year with no Tom Brady, plus 750. But what I like about Atlanta is, is we talked with Ross Tucker earlier on. Check it out. Check out the podcast. But he brought up Atlanta as well. They won seven games last year, and that was with Marcus Mariota as their starting quarterback for the majority of the season. So what I did was I bet him over eight. It's an eight and a half right now. I also just bet him plus 120 to make the playoffs. The NFC, other than Philadelphia and San Francisco, and I do like Dallas coming into the season, famous last words I know, Like, the (laughs) NFC, man, is wide open. In Atlanta last year, they were competitive in every single game, especially against the spread early on in the year, the first eight games of the season. But the 17 games they played, they didn't get blown out once. Like, one-score games... That they either won or lost in 15 of them, and even if Desmond Ritter isn't a Pro Bowl quarterback or All Pro, I do think he's an upgrade for Mariota. They spent money on the defensive side of the ball that was a mess last year. The fifth, the fifth most in the league in free agency. Jesse Bates in the secondary, Campbell, Bud Dupree, Jeffrey Okuda, who I know was a bust in Detroit, but is still a former, you know, top 10 defensive back pick. They have the second easiest schedule, next only to the Saints. And then they add Bijan Robinson, who I loved at Texas, obviously. It's a loaded backfield. They had three backs last year, ranked in the top 20 as far as efficiency. And they bring back Tyler Algier, who last year broke their rookie rushing record. So now you have Bijan. And also, you look at the schedule. They were competitive in every game last year. And that was against the NFC West and AFC North. This season, they get the AFC South and the NFC North with no Aaron Rodgers. So I think Atlanta's a 9-10 win team. But, I mean, I know that people are high on Carolina coming into the season. People like the Saints because they do play the easiest schedule. Where are you at in this division this year? So, I'll start with
1: Atlanta because I do find Atlanta really interesting. And I'll give you the pros. Here's the pros. The pros are they have a sneaky good offensive line nobody's talking about. They have a sneaky good offensive line in front of what I think is going to be the best running back stable in the NFL. If Bijan Robinson is what we think he's going to be, and I agree with you. I think the kid could be a monster. You put him in front of not just Geyer, but Corderell Patterson's back there too, who is, like, unappreciated for what he's capable of doing. And you mentioned they fixed some of the issues on defense. Kalias Campbell's going to be there. David Onyemata from New Orleans, who, again, a very unappreciated defensive tackle, Atlanta's going to be real interesting. Now, let me give you the cons. Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Desmond Ritter. That's the cons. Like, Kyle Pitts can be an absolute monster, both as a fantasy project and as a real-life tight end wide receiver. Kyle Pitts could be what Jimmy Graham would have been if he didn't leave New Orleans and go to Seattle and disappear in the mix, right? So... The talents there, I do think, you know, there's questions obviously about the wide receiver core because I can take Kyle Pitts away if you're throwing Mac Hollins and Drake London at me as your starting wide receivers. And then I got Desmond Ritter throwing the ball. So, yes, it's an easy schedule. I can't buy into Atlanta. I think they're going to be able to run the ball. I think they're going to be an 80% to 20% run pass offense but I just don't think they're keeping up. So Carolina becomes interesting, especially if you're giving them at 3-1 to one because it really does come down to what is Bryce Young. I think they're going to have a real good wide receiver court. Young, and they still need a number one. I was very much pushing. I'm down here in Greenville, South Carolina. We're about an hour and 49 minutes out to Charlotte. We're obviously in the Panther Network. I was begging them to go get DeAndre Hopkins. Begging them. He's a Clemson guy. He's from the Carolinas. Bring him home. They didn't do it. They let Tennessee snag the guy. They need a number one. But if B.Y. is the guy that we think he is, and you put Miles Sanders in the backfield to kind of be, because we saw him catch some passes for Philadelphia last year, kind of that off-the-rails running back that can become a threat, B.Y. picked up Frank Reich's offense so quickly in OTAs, I was blown away by it, right? I thought, in fact, I, I said on my show, that I thought probably week three, week four was when you'd see the switch from the Red Rifle Andy Dalton over to BY. They named him QB one two weeks into OTAs, and yeah. this is Frank Wright. This is not a dude who just does stuff because it's cool. Like this was a a, a move thing. So I'll be watching Carolina camp on Saturday. I'll be live over in uh, in at Walford in Spartanburg where they do their camp, and I'm excited to see this guy. If BY is what Panthers fans say he is. That's an interesting three-to-one number. That being said, we talked about this with Russ earlier. Excuse me, with Ross earlier. Um, I'm going to take a vet in future first-round ballot uh, Hall of Famer Derek Carr in New Orleans with an established offense. I don't love Dennis Allen. In fact, if this team falls, I'm going to put it squarely on the feet of head coach Dennis Allen. But I like a vet quarterback that I think caught the shaft in Vegas, who's got, if he comes back, Michael Thomas – Chris Olave of Ohio State blew it open, and when he gets Alvin awesome. Kamara yeah. back, that's going to be a wide open offense. They can go win some 35 32 shootouts. I got to lean New Orleans here.
0: Yeah, so there's a couple different ways that I would look. So for Carolina, I would look to play them later on in the season because with Bryce, I love that you're just going to throw him right away in there because I've seen enough Andy Dalton for, like, for, for the next three <laughs> lifetimes, to be honest with you, especially as a better. Because last season, here's what scares me away from the Saints I like that they play the easiest schedule. I do think Derek Carr, by default, is an upgrade. I bought into Jameis last year because two years ago, you got to remember, like, they got off that 5-2 and two start, and Jameis was playing the best football we've ever seen. He had 14 touchdowns to just three picks. He was protecting the football, just running the offense. Then he got hurt, and then last year, it was just a mess, like, right off the bat, man. They just did not live up to expectations, live up to the hype, and it's because Michael Thomas once again was hurt. Olave was great. Kamara like, wasn't the back that he had been. He couldn't get in the end zone. Now he's going to be suspended for four games this season. So I'm there on Carolina, but, like, I think Carolina just might take some time. What I was looking at is the schedule. The first six weeks of the season, it's the 10th toughest schedule in all of football. Four of their six games are on the road. In five of those six games, and obviously, like, the NFL is tough to predict because there's change every year. There's turnover every year. There's so much parity. But five of the teams that they face the first six weeks all are projected to have a winning record if you look at their win totals this season. Then after that, though, they get a bye week you'll have a young quarterback that's looking at the second half of the season and anybody you talk to is like, you know, rookies aren't really rookies. It's kind of like we talk about with college football with freshmen, like those first couple of weeks of the season. After their seventh, uh their week seven bye, second easiest schedule in the NFL, only to Atlanta. Only three of their eleven opponents, eleven opponents after that are projected to have winning records, man. And they have a bunch of home games. So I could I could see like Carolina being that team that gets hot the second half of the season. And if they look like a mess the first half of the season, we might get really good betting value. I just I couldn't do it with, with the Saints. I love the defensive side of the ball. Top five defense again last year. You bring all those guys back. I just, I don't know what it is, man. Um, just They let me down last year. And I think it's going to be like Atlanta with, with Arthur Smith or it's going to be Carolina year one with Frank Reich that surprised some people. I'm all out on Tampa Bay. I think the goal for Tampa Bay should be we want to lose as many games as possible and we want either Caleb Williams or we want Drake May. Hell, we'll take Michael Penix because I promise you, man, that uh, Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask aren't the answers here.
1: All right, so... Let me give you one of the most controversial takes I've built the last couple of years. Keep in mind, Uh I got to see Baker Mayfield up close and personal here in Carolina. Baker Mayfield had a real good start when he was in Cleveland. Then the Cleveland Browns became the Cleveland Browns, and they dragged Baker down. So he goes to Carolina. He's QB1, and who's he playing for? Matt Rule, who thanks God for Urban Meyer, because otherwise he would have been labeled the worst coach in the National Football League the last couple of years and he gets dragged down. And this is one decision that I think Baker's going to want back. He goes to Tampa. Now, in Tampa, he's got the best wide receiver core he has worked with since he became an NFL quarterback. It's good. He's got targets. Who's the head coach there? Defensive specialist Todd Bowles. He went from a bad coach to a worse coach to maybe the worst coach so far. I think Baker's got the talent to be an NFL caliber quarterback and a pretty good one. But, like, this dude keeps stumbling into being a victim of his own circumstances. Tampa's done before the year starts. I don't trust Atlanta. It's a coin flip for me, Carolina and New Orleans. And I'm going to take the vet quarterback with options against the worst schedule in the NFL before I take a rookie. I'm not saying I can't be wrong. I'm saying if I got a lean one, I'm going to go with the guy who's been here, done this, and seen a playoff trip before.
0: You know what's funny, Rob, is, like, I haven't – I'm there. I think Baker at this point, at this stage of his career, is a really good backup. And in the right system, I still think he could win you 11 to 12 games because we've seen that. And I would go back and forth with my co-hosts, and like people laugh at me all the time. But I'm like, if you think about this, right? Baker's rookie year, he breaks the rookie uh, touchdown passing record in Cleveland, and he doesn't even play the full season. Remember, they bring him in in that Monday night game, that primetime game, or maybe it was a Thursday night, but he wins the game. And then after that, they hire Kevin Stefanski, uh, who comes over from Minnesota? He was the OC. Did wonders with Kirk Cousins. There in year one with Baker, Baker looked great. Everything was pretty much based off that run game with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, and it was based off play action because Baker's a smaller quarterback. They had a good offensive line. They still do have the best offensive line in all of football, and he had a great year. Won a playoff game, beat Pittsburgh. People forget. The next year was a disaster because Baker threw a bad pick, and then being the competitor that he is, tries to tackle a guy up high, separates his shoulder. Plays, like, the entire season with a a banged-up shoulder as a quarterback. And then it's all been a mess since there. But, yeah, like, he's the ultimate competitor. The talent's there. But I just – I think – yeah, man, I think I think it's going to be probably a rough go in Tampa for him. But I
1: think that he could... Uh... I, don't, I don't think there has been a bigger victim of circumstance than Baker Mayfield. I think he can do yeah. it. And But, like, when they announced he signed with Tampa, I just kind of leaned back in the chair like, why, Baker? Like, I almost would have preferred you go be a backup somewhere for an oft-injured starter and yeah. get a chance in an offense that works. Because Tampa under Todd Bowles, this is this is not Bruce Arian's Buccaneers, kids. Todd Bowles does not know what the hell he's doing, and I don't trust the new offensive coordinator and Baker to get together, even with the best options he's ever had at wide receiver. I feel like Baker Mayfield's a victim of circumstance, and he
0: did it to himself yeah, this time. I agree, man. I would have I stayed with the Rams. You know, Stafford will be hurt by week four. I mean, we don't wish that, but, you know. <laughs> uh, when we come back, it's a change my mind Monday. Our guy Scott Lynn comes in. Rob Brown, Ryan Horvath with you here. BetMGM the Night.